Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Podcast. My name is Grant Caldwell. In this Lenten and Easter season, I'll be joined each week by other pastors on staff as we reflect on New Life Rising, a new devotional by Christianity Today that we'll be reading together churchwide. In this podcast, we'll do as the book's introduction invites us to do, journey through the somber season of Lent, into the dark depths of Good Friday, and out into the marvelous light to Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll be led through the landscape of Jesus' homeland and the journey he walks through times of confusion, despair, and hope, and into everlasting joy. On today's show, we'll be looking at the ninth chapter in Christianity Today's New Life Rising devotional entitled, Alive Upon Arrival. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Stephanie Powell, our Director of Missions Mobilization. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, the question, your opinion on peeps. (laughs) You know, I'm one of the odd people that don't eat peeps. <laughs> you you actually are not one of the odd people. You're okay. in the majority, just so you know. You just sold me out to a lot of people. No, 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 you didn't. That, so this has been uncovering. We're in week nine, and we, we're, we've uncovered that no one likes peeps. But we're all tricked into thinking. So you, know, I, you know what? I've... I'm going to have a follow-up podcast about this. The sugar this. just really you. throws my system off, I'll, so you know, I, I can't. It's... Eating them should throw everyone off. We're going to have a whole second podcast about peeps after all these questions. Uh, Let's get it to the devotional. Uh, Stephanie, there's a lot in this one. I I think the theme, which, I mean, we're in the Easter season, so this makes sense, that there's so much in this devotional about hope and about the resurrection, about the rich experience, about life after death. And so I'm just curious what resonated with you in this entry and what stuck out to you. You know, there there is a lot to unpack from this devotion and just thinking, uh, living out the Easter season, like you said, which is something I think we often fly by really quickly, but, you know, it's something we should live out of every day as as Christians. And it is the one thing that we have that no other, you know, no other yeah. um, religion, you know, has. And, you know, I love the... There are several things that I, that really stuck out, but I love the highlight of the resurrection moss. Yes, I thought that was so cool. It is so cool, which I love. I love plants and everything too, but just the thought of the resurrection moss. There's so many things of God's creation that just really, if we stop and look and think, it's just amazing how He can create something that can go dormant for seven years or yeah. go without you know, lose its water up to 95% and yeah. still, you know, come back alive. Yeah. So are you, are you a gardener? Do you enjoy? <laughs> I'm not a gardener, but I do love it. Okay. It is kind of therapeutic for okay. me. And springtime is one of my favorite times of year, like yeah. just to see, you know, things come back to life and, um, you know, that have just been so dead for the yes. winter. Yes. I'm the older I get, the more I'm beginning to love seeing that happen. Yeah, I realize I'm starting to sound like my grandmother or something. I don't know, like, you know, me too. I'm a, it's 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 like it's kicking in, and it's like something happens when the weather warms. I'm like, I gotta pull some weeds right now. And I, I'm admittedly a very bad gardener. We have a large garden in our house that I'm trying to bring back to life and failing. But uh, it is so joyful just to see it all come back. Yeah, I agree. Well, with that, I mean, there's much in this entry about gardening and, and about how things can come back to life after death. There's there's one quote on in it. It says, It's a bewildering mystery that entangles hope and loss together in a knot that only patience can unravel. Uh, and so I'm just curious, in your experience, and 
Stephanie, you've served as, as a missionary, you've served in the church, you've served in the nonprofit. Um, what are times and what are ways that you've experienced this kind of resurrection and newness in your life or in the church? You know, I, I was thinking a lot about this when I read it. There is a lot of entangled hope and loss, you know, for believers. And I think the first thing, there's many things that came to mind, but I think the first thing that came to mind was the thought of, like, you know, the persecuted church um, under extreme conditions is is oftentimes when the, the church accelerates, you know, the most. But there is so much loss in that and so much hope, extreme hope. Um, I think the other thing... Um, that really came to my mind was just the celebration of a new believer. Mm. Someone just told me of a, a new believer in Christ from this weekend, and it's just, wow. it's just a yeah. There's just nothing like it, right? It's it's just that that celebration, and then just allowed uh, being able to see somebody that's walked away from maybe their faith or the church, and then come back, like uh, the prodigal son. The yeah. thought it was similar yeah. to like the prodigal son kind of thing. Or things that came to my mind, or just the spirit moving in someone's life in a new way. Maybe yeah. the, someone realizing their gifts and talents and how God can use them in a way that they had never thought possible. Yeah. Those are kind of things that, that came to my mind. Yeah, um, yeah that's great. The, the persecuted church is a really interesting one to think about because it is, and it's when you think of resurrection loss, you've got churches in close countries around the world that are having to stay hidden and dormant and secretive, but are just exploding in growth. Uh, is right. it right that like the church in China is about to be one of the largest? Is uh, that's what they say? Yeah. But it's it's not something that you know. It's hard to it's hard to know. But yeah, I think the church in, has been underground, but it's um, it's been amazing. It's amazing to think about how it has grown in such perch persecution or in situations where there's been like a martyr in an area where they poured out their whole life and then believers came to know Christ after they lost their life kind of thing so those are that's what came to my mind I think the the persecuted church is so interesting and I, I'd, I'd love to just to camp out here for a second what do you think it is about persecution that's led to so much resurrection life and growth in the church around the world? You know, um, I think from what little I've seen and read about and things like that, I think a lot of it has to do with they have such a, they are living out hope. And that hope is the only thing that they have to lean on. And they are, you know, leaning heavily. And um, when we're looking outward and upward into it with an eternal perspective, then Obviously, that's what it's, you know, that's when the church grows the best. Yeah. You know, they're not looking internally. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, I, I think there's so much necessity. I think we can get so easily distracted away from the things that matter most. And I think when you read stories from the persecuted church, it reminds you of how prone to wandering and distraction we are about the things that matter most. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think we're not the only ones prone to wonder. I think since time began, you can see how <laughs> mankind has been prone to wonder. You know, you think about the church contracting and growing, going through seasons of explosion and, yeah. you know, rapid growth or retreating, kind of um, looking inward. And 
so it's 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 been a thing with mankind yeah. Yeah. and the church um, since the beginning or since Jesus left I think yeah. so well let's let's continue with that idea does the church contracts when it's not able to grow and will come alive when it's rediscovered the source of its life what are things that you see that cause us to contract as the church and what are things that you see that make us come alive as the church this is also one of those that's very I mean there's so many things but I think I mean the biggest thing for me I think is when we lose sight of well at first it said love you know focusing on loving God and loving your neighbor is how we is when when the church grows you know is that it's healthiest and when the body is using its gifts and talents but when we start to look inward and become divided or you know as we've seen throughout church history you know different beliefs come into play or you know different cultures and politics and different there's so many different things that we you know get distracted by and then um, I can't even imagine what the early church must have had, you know, when they battled on what to believe. You know, we've got the Word of God and, and things like yeah. that, but the the battle of back and forth of trying to decide on, is this right or is this right um, or is this wrong? You know, I think we've, we've really at times gotten so inward focused that we've, we forget this, the simple things that God has told us. So love, love Him and love your neighbor. Yeah, and absolutely. And so we we really muddy the waters a lot of times. And so I love it though that that he protects and allow you know there's always he protects a hit, the body and the, uh, the church. Yeah, yeah. The the promise of of on this rock I'll build my church is not resting on our performance or ability to do church really well. It's resting on his goodness and faithfulness to his bride. Right. Which is such an encouragement because we are prone to muddy the waters, like you said. It's so easy for us to get wrapped up in ourselves or wrapped up in something external going on or make this aspect of our, even our like theological tribe, be the whole marker of our identity as a church. And I think it's so good to remember that, yeah, there are going to be times where as we wander away from loving God and loving people, the church is going to contract. And when we rediscover that first love, we're going to flourish and grow. Right. And I think, too, it's easy. It's something that is just as easy as, you know, there's so much detail that go into planning. And we're such a self-sufficient people that we, you know, we really think that we've planned something great or that we've, we're doing a great thing. And it can be, but we sometimes lose sight of like just the simple act of inviting him in and making sure he's leading the way and we're following him. It can can be easy to go our own way and then look back and be like, oh, where's, you know, where's God in this? Or to go our own way and just hope that we can pull God along behind us and say, hey, I'm going in a direction towards growth. We can... You come with me, and I want you to fit into my mindset of growth. I, we talked about success earlier in the devotional, but I want to define success in this way, and I want to add God into that instead of realizing, no, 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 it's the other way around. Like, God is defining success through faithfulness to his word and faithfulness to his people and his glory covering the earth as the waters cover it, as it says in the Old Testament, and that's what we need to be going towards so that this church would be truly alive. Amen. So the last illustration is, is one that I found that was really powerful. It was he talked about um, Jesus being a gardener, 
He says, uh, Jesus, palms pressed in the dust of the world he loves, becomes for me the most beautiful and hopeful picture of life for the church. And so I'm curious, in your wisdom, but also in your role in missions mobilization, uh, what are some areas in the life of our church that you are toiling and working with and praying to bring to life in our body? Yeah, I, l- I love that that quote as well. I think there is a lot to impact in there of just, just his palms pressed in the dust of the world he loves. Just the, the idea of graves to gardens or that he is resurrection and life. And like I said, if we can just live that out in a daily, daily basis, um, especially the things that we are focusing on right now and toiling in is first and foremost um i prayer you know our church has been going through a season of prayer and you know that's one thing that i hope we're always seeking god and really asking not just praying over the things that we're doing praying over the decisions that are being made or where god's leading us as far as like the the needs are there and they're vast and there's so many so we want to make sure that god god is leading and that wherever you know, we're doing work, whether that be within the city or across, you know, to the nations. And then, you know, apart from prayer, specifically, we're really in a season of, you know, our church is always a very giving church in where we are, um, but we never want our giving to get out of balance of our relational building, our relationship building. And so just really um, praying and challenging people to get connected relationally. Specifically, we're really focusing on good neighbor teams with World Relief yeah. right now. And the idea is the same thing as wrap teams with foster care. You know, coming around a family and really being there to support. But the good neighbor teams, they welcome a refugee that's coming um, to Memphis and they help them know. It's a group of 8 to, 10, eight to 12 people. And they help the refugee know where to pay their light bill or where to shop for groceries or how to navigate Memphis. So you can imagine the difficulty of that if you were in a new city and maybe didn't speak the language. So I really do um, challenge if it's not World Relief. There's, so, there's numerous ways that you can get connected with one of our partners. We have several missions partners, which people can find out about on the serving wall on the website us nathan and i we we would love to to share more about that but really just challenge people you know we've talked about next steps a lot but really just challenge people to to really pray about like who is god bringing into your life or how can you really seek out that that relationship that god wants you to invest in and spend time with in this next season yeah that's great the devotional ends with he, he reminds us we're people who walk in the way of Jesus. The church is made for the resurrection life and to give ourselves away in love for our neighbors. And this call into relational ministry is exactly what you're sharing, that um, it's good to be in relationship with others. It's good to be the church. It's good to walk this resurrection life. And I think the the last thing I want to ask you is... So for the person hearing all this and going, well, that could get messy or that could be really hard. Like the, the image that I'm having in my mind is, is yes, it's messy. That's Jesus' hands in the garden it means that his hands are going to get dirty. 
And so I would love, how would you encourage someone that's hearing this and hearing this call towards relationship, but also knowing that things would get dirty and messy? How would you encourage them to, to go? You know, it, it does get messy. And, you know, I think that is, you know, the, the problem is we've got to give up our comfort and, you know, not let our comfort and our own desires get in the way. But it, it, and it also causes us to, to lean in and lean on his mm-hmm. being dependent upon his leading, walking with, along somebody in the ups and downs of life and mm-hmm. in the, the real thick of life. Yeah. Um, it can get, it can get messy, but that's where God works the most. And some of the, you know, when he works the most is usually through some of the most challenging times and difficult times. And so, yeah, it's kind of like he, he burns off the dross, of, of, you know, just refines yeah. the refining fire. You know, it was, it's not easy and not fun at times, but it's when he shows up and his presence is what is highlighted the most. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening to our discussion on Christianity Today's New Life Rising. Next week, we'll be back with a new guest looking at the 10th and final chapter, The Sobriety of Forever. Take up and read, church. We'll see you then.